Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Movie Council podcast. My name is Tim Sherry. I am your host. Welcome back. Man, I am, I am really stoked to do this thing tonight. Again, not one of the better weeks of my life, so I, I am ready to just to hash this out, to get the let out about movies like we always do. I'm hanging out with my, with my boys, my bros, my esteemed yes. colleagues yes. yes just get that shit right out of the way nice and early uh i am excited this is season two episode four welcome to the party pal it's getting close to die hard season really i love it love it love it great christmas movie uh so we uh, we are back tonight we are uh, very excited to get going with this topic uh that we have tonight uh last week we did our uh, second half of the first round of badness madness we had an absolute blast doing it taking a break from it this week going to do some other stuff which is aj's topic this week which we'll get into in a couple of minutes uh and uh you know what Let, let's just go ahead let's just get the introductions out of the way like we always do let me go over to my my coo my big bro my co-founder of the movie council, Mr. Andrew Sherry. How are you feeling tonight, kid? I'm feeling really good. Um, I'm hoping tonight's topic uh, resonates with our millions of fans. Yeah, I think it will. And uh, let me just give a quick apology to for immediately opening the podcast with a personal complaint about my life. (laughs) I didn't mean that. I'm not trying to put that on everybody. It's just, you know, it's been, you know, no one's happy right now. That's life in 2020. So I'm happy in this moment because we're doing the podcast. I think that's what I was trying to convey. I apologize. I didn't do it correctly there. So I'm going to do something that makes me really, really happy right now. Oh, yeah. Makes you all very happy. I'm going to swing it on down to Charlotte <laughs> for my boy. That's that's going to be a T-shirt. For swing my, it on down to Charlotte. My director of security, my director of art and colored pencils and all that shit but more importantly the sexy sultry southern gentleman mr marky bondurant what's up man hey bud appreciate that again thank you very much not much going on here you know always a busy house brand new kid and full-time job so a lot of shit happening on this side um i do have a quick question yes sir uh, for the beginning of the show Drew, on a scale of one to ten, how drunk are you? <laughs> are you asking because you have a sense of how drunk I am? Yeah, I'm, I'm, guessing, I'm guessing. A, I'm guessing a <laughs> two. I'm I'm at about a three and a half. Oh, all okay. right, all right. That's a fucking perfect number. Mm. <laughs> all right. That, now then, that we get and, yeah. and then multiply that by two. I mean three. <laughs> Three and a half is fine. Three and a half is perfect. No, I think I think it's I, if you take that three and a half and multiply it by two, I think that's pretty clear where I am already this evening. But mm-hmm. I feel comfortable with this. Uh, so let me. Uh, uh, I know we 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 went out of order with the introductions, and there was a reason for that. 
It's because my my boy, my boy DP has got some things to go over. Uh, yes, sir. So let me, but of course, I have to introduce him the correct way. He is my big bro, my producer, my podcast creator, my social media mogul, but most importantly, the movie council's chief boy toy, Mr. Dan Sherry. What's up with you tonight, motherfucker? What is up? Hey! I love podcast night. (laughs) So, yes, thank you. Thank you very much, yes. And uh, as the uh, social social media mogul, I want to let everyone know you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram or at Movie Council Pod. Or you can uh, send us an email moviecouncilpod at gmail.com and if you do uh we could read your uh emails on air like we're about to do right now because we actually Uh, we got we got a couple emails we got a couple messages on uh on the instagram so uh so (laughs) here's our first our first email is from everyone's everyone's favorite fan the booker man nice the Booker Man <laughs> says to the quartet of esteemed colleagues. Oh, wow. Great start. Once again, outstanding. Fancy, fancy word. Yes. Once again, outstanding show. I really enjoy this concept and the discussions that go along with it. A few questions to bearded thigh tickler 69. <laughs> You mentioned you listened to two shows. Do you, does the other one happen to be Bassmasters? <laughs> <laughs> I, I get no idea what the fuck hey, yo, the right. Booker Man's Sa- talking right. about. Yeah, fishing fishing so, podcast, surely. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, and he goes on to say, also to DP, is your 2021 Hyundai Kona happen to be greenish teal? With a pink lightning bolt on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> uh, well, to people throwback, that don't know. Man. That is a when, throwback. Yeah, when I was in my 20s, you know, being poor and 22 years old, I had to buy, like, the cheapest Hyundai I could find. Yeah, that's and why. And it was, yeah, <laughs> it was teal green with a pink lightning bolt on the door. Kind of like my Barcelona red Hyundai. Yes. Was, yeah, that was pink. I drove that motherfucker for years, too. That Hyundai got me everywhere. DP, if you I remember that fucking car. DP, if you remember, that's the uh that is the same oh, Hyundai that mm-hmm. I tried to drag you out of that night you were shit faced after the ICP concert. Yes, and then sir. the firefighters had to do it, which you then tried to fight. And then they Jesus beat you. Up. Then they beat you and up and they all, me. And and then they had to pump his stomach. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Holy all fuck. the meanwhile, Domino's Pizza showed up. <laughs> Delivered him a pizza. I'd already uh, ordered it before you got there. It's not like I did it post right. drunk. And I'm, I'm just, sure it was. And I'm sure it was delicious. It was great. Yeah. I was hungry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, thank you, Booker Man. That's a great email. DP, did you say you had a second email as well? Oh yeah. So. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, so th- that that was the basis of the first one. The second one, although I'll tell you this, it came from Patrick, uh, the Booker Man's email address. Okay. All right. However, it's signed as from a secret admirer, not the Booker Man. Okay. 
All right. I'm gonna call bullshit though. I'm pretty yeah, sure this okay. is from the Booker Man. Yeah, because it came from the same email says. address. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, that's a maybe, number maybe, one clue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's from his wife. Yeah, real, it, it real, could uh, be. real, uh, real cloak and dagger job there by the Booker Man. He really <laughs> real, real classy shit right there. Yeah. He's. Yeah, he's like the next Jason Bourne with that. Show. <laughs> yeah, he's got us all twisted. <laughs> Ethan Hunt. <laughs> but he says, so the, the secret admirer says, I am emailing you to express my dismay and flat out anger that yeah. I am feeling about a gross misjustice that was carried out on your last show. Huh. Healy? Patrick fucking Healy? Are you kidding yeah! me? <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yep. After I heard the results, I thought it was a funny joke. Like, ha, 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 funny. <laughs> Lord Helmet was a clear winner, and it wasn't even close. <clears throat> oh, it was, man... more than cl- it was more than close. <laughs> yeah. The man commands the fear of castration from an entire ship full of people and actually schwartz the guy's nuts off. <laughs> Patrick Healy... <laughs> Couldn't even close a deal with rice people. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue that. <laughs> you know, what? I can't argue that. He makes a damn good point. <laughs> I'm going to text him right now. This is fucking lovely. <laughs> I hope the governing body of Badness Madness will reverse his gross, gross misjustice. Like Unlike- I said, from a secret admirer, not the book of man. <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> oh. Thank you. Another Secret compelling admirer argument. and the Booker Man. I'm sure you're two different people. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Real, 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 real classic con job right there, Book. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so classic, the Booker cla- Man. Class act. Yeah. yeah. Booker Man went after us. Yeah. But we actually got a couple of messages that just that really had more to say to our HR department. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not not too happy them. with HR. So I'll read you the first one. This one we got from uh, from the Instagram. It's from Rachel. And she says, Dear Movie Council HR, as a proud owner of a cunt, I am highly <laughs> entertained by the use of the word in the podcast. <laughs> also, if the language Yay. becomes less offensive, I will fail to listen every week. This isn't a family program. And if listeners don't like it, then they can suck a dick. Nice. <laughs> oh, shit. Fellas, never change. Keep being the crude children you are and keep recommending amazing movies. Best regards, Rachel. I'm just, I, I'm absolutely in love with this girl. Dude, it's Rachel official. is the fucking I, best. I'm in love. She? I'm in love. <laughs> so, That's and great. we got one more. This Head one out. is from Michaela Dawn. And mm. she says, uh, Hey there, huge fan. I love the podcast. The drinking and swearing makes it all the better. So ignore the HR lady. Mm-hmm. She's Bush League as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Also, I think your podcast could really use some female energy. I volunteer. Keep up the good work. Forever a loyal fan. So thank you, Michaela been, I've Dawn. Actually, I've actually been told that by a female friend of mine, that we need some, some we, women. We need some ladies. Yeah. I'm not yeah, against it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not against I it. agree. 
So, so that's great. That's great stuff, guys. Listen, but for uh, now, I'll be the closest to a lady for the podcast. So yeah, hey uh, everybody, Michaela, Rachel, Booker, man, those are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Please keep them coming, everybody. We yeah, love we, hearing from you. Yeah, and 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 you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good points uh, made. The Booker man has a. I told you guys, Booker man would have a serious problem with the dark helmet loss. Uh, I, yeah. I knew it. That wasn't him it. though. Yeah, right. that's right. That, that was, was his, the secret admirer. The secret admirer of the but, podcast. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who's in love with us, but then fucking took us to task. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was great. Uh, uh, Rachel uh, and Michaela, thank you so much. Dealing with uh, HR each almost, you know, every other week is difficult. It's a big pain in the ass. So thank you for the support. And, uh, I, and I do know that our HR director listens to every podcast, every second of every podcast every week. So she will hear these. And I don't know. I don't think it's going to change anything, but we do appreciate the input. So thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So we do have to get to our topic this week, which I'm really excited for. Yes, it's um, a good one. This is AJ's turn this week. And uh, without further ado, AJ, let me just turn it over to you. Uh, talk about the topic. And uh, what you asked of us, and uh, we'll get into it. Go ahead. So, sure. So, here's what we're going to do. I wanted us to talk about, we talk about movies all the time, but I wanted to sort of dig into uh, a specific aspect of films, and that's the uh, screenplay, and more specifically, the original screenplay. Mm -hmm. So, what I asked you guys to do was look back at the last 30, roughly 30 years, I didn't want to go back to 1930 or whatever. I just wanted to go back the last, you know, few decades. And I wanted us to all kind of talk about a film over the last 30 years that won the Oscar for best original screenplay. And I want to talk about why it won it. What's what about this film made, made it so great as far as the writing goes. And, um, so here's what we did. Uh, we all picked a film, and uh, I kind of want to go around and talk about each film, um, and see see and have the person that picked the film kind of like lead the discussion, but have us all kind of chime in because I know all four films all of us have seen. I think yes. so. I kind of want to kind of jump in and talk about these films because they're all amazing films some of them are like landmark films for screenwriting you know and and i just want i thought it'd be a great discussion for us so here's what i want to do i want to go to marky yes. because yeah. i fucking love the movie he picked thank you and the movie he picked was fargo and That's fargo right. fargo is one of my favorite films yeah it's written and directed by the coen brothers and stars Francis McDormand and William H. Macy in a quote-unquote true story, but it really isn't a true story. Yeah, right. So it's an original screenplay written by the Coen brothers. By the way, um, the Coen brothers have been nominated for other screenplay awards, but they were adapted screenplays like uh, uh, No Country for Old Men, etc. So here's an original screenplay they wrote. And what I want to do is I want to kick it over to Marky. I want you to talk to me a little bit about why'd you pick Fargo and what you think about that screenplay. All right. So the movie, like AJ said, is Fargo. And I picked this one um, after I was looking at the list of the winners of best original screenplays. Um, 
and I started from the most recent and was working my way back. And when I landed on Fargo, I just stopped right there. I was like, yep, that's the one I want. I want to use Fargo. Always have loved this movie. The Since the first time I watched it, the just dialogue in the movie always stood out to me as just being very powerful, powerfully written in a sense that there didn't seem to be any wasted words, the conversations, there was no wasted dialogue and every scene made sense to in the direction of where like the story needed to go. Um, kind of like how some of you guys say there's no fat on this movie for me, at least I felt like it was just such a pure story. Um, one of the things that also got me the first time I watched it and stayed with me for a very long time is the, the text and the intro of the movie. And I'll read it to you right now. Um, when the, the movie starts, it says, this is a true story. The events depicted in this film took place in Minnesota, 1987. At the request of the survivors, the names have been changed. Out of respect for the dead, the rest has been told exactly as, as it occurred. Now, that's totally bullshit. <laughs> they, it totally none of that, is. None of that is true. But I believed it for years. You know? <laughs> I a did. lot of people did, I think. There was, I had no reason not to, right? And um, so many movies, so many other movies, they'll say uh, this movie is based on actual events or this movie is based on a true story. Right. And then you're like, all right, yeah, it's, you know, this is like a, a real movie. So this movie, they did something very similar to that, but it, it, it felt even more, uh, it felt stronger in a sense because of like the time they took to say this is a true story the events depicted in this film took place oh, yeah. in minnesota in 1987 at the request of the survivors the names have been changed at the out of respect of the dead the rest is told exactly as it occurred so i believed so, it so a, a lot of the film uh takes place in in brainerd uh-huh. you know the home of paul bunyan and babe the blue ox or whatever yeah. but not none of it takes place in fargo just Fargo was a cooler sounding name. So yeah, <laughs> that's why they named it Fargo in the first place. But I never um, even thought about that. Yeah. I thought we could just take care of it here in Brainerd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah so- probably, probably my favorite scene in the movie is when, uh, you know, the two kidnappers get pulled over by the state trooper there uh, prior to powerful. even prior to even ever meeting Marge Gunderson and, and uh, her taking over the uh, investigation. Yeah, so. and that's that's uh, pretty early in, in the beginning of the movie when they get pulled over and they kill that state trooper. Um, very powerful scene. It just sets the tone of who these guys are. Bumbling criminals, but also <laughs> very deadly and will do anything to keep going. Right. And- so, I, I, so I was reading, a, I was actually <laughs> preparing for this week. I read almost every, at least parts mm-hmm. of every script that we're going to talk about tonight. So I read almost the entire script for Fargo. Uh And um, after I was reading it, I thought to myself, the the character of Carl Showalter played by Steve Buscemi, I thought to myself, they totally had to have written that for him. Uh They totally had to have just based on the way they wrote the character. And then I went on IMDb to look up some trivia on the film. And sure enough, they wrote that part for Steve Buscemi. With him in mind. Nice. Yeah, with him in mind. Yeah, they totally the little guy. He was funny looking. Yeah, the kinda, funny kinda looking. Funny looking. The, fun, you know, the funny, funny looking, looking little guy. Yeah, in a general funny looking way, right? Like <laughs> a funny looking yeah. how? Oh, just in a general way. 
Yeah, general <laughs> way, right. But they wrote they wrote that part for Steve Buscemi. And uh, I think that it's amazing because not uh, the other parts weren't really written for anyone. Actually, William H. Macy had to go kind of beg for the part. He said, yeah. you guys are making a huge mistake if you don't um, uh, give me the part. I think Richard yeah. Jenkins was, was in line for it. Richard Jenkins uh, would do well. Yeah, and a couple other people were in line for that part. Um, and, and William H. Macy got it. I think William H. Macy landed it like big time. And also, you know, his whole mannerisms, the stuttering and all that, that was actually written into the script. He didn't ad lib a lot of that. Like that's, he just, hmm. yeah, that was part I, of it. I wanted to uh, touch on that because I feel like you could, you could feel like the, the, uh, a lot of the characters' mannerisms and their twitches were almost that there was no deviation into what the characters are supposed to be. There felt like there was absolutely zero ad-libbing and those characters were exactly who they were written to be. And Frances McDormand won the Oscar for uh, Best Actress. She's it. amazing. She Steve fucking Bus- killed it. Steve Buscemi crushed it. Um, William H. Macy crushed it. The, uh, the guy that plays his accomplice... Uh, I forget his name off the top of my head. I'll look it up. Swedish, Swedish guy. Yeah. Yeah. The big dude. Um, his name is Peter Stormare. Crushed it. Um, so everybody played their role perfectly. Um, acting was out of the, you know, just stellar. The Another uh, reason why I think I love this script and these characters and just the story in general is that, you know, growing up in the South, these midwestern accent and just the environment is so alien <laughs> to me yeah so it's it's funny to me hearing these accents and then uh just the banter back and forth is yeah you betcha i mean it's com- it's it, yeah it's comical intentionally but very entertaining for me as somebody that's never grown up or seen that kind of thing so um and i'll tell you i think my favorite back and forth dialogue in the movie is when the one cop is talking to the guy that tents bar and he's telling the story about how he met uh yeah he met, yeah, uh, yeah carl show walter he's like so i'm tending bar the other night <laughs> last it's easy. Sort of, it, and the guy tells me i'm going it, it, i'm going crazy it, it, by the lake we're gonna go yeah, find some action it leads to the the culmination sort of their capture yeah. capture quote yeah it but sort just, of leads to that that uh that quick back and forth that guy just hammers out that story super fast and then at the end he's like and that's it end of story <laughs> <laughs> but you're right no that's and then because he, he talks about the lake he's like he's over there at the lake and and then uh that's when marge starts patrolling that lake a little bit after that and catches him right she does and she sees the sierra the the bur- the tan the sierra there's yeah, the, the car burn. there's the car <laughs> there's the car that's the car yeah she sees it and then she she takes it from there Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the um, uh, the character of Francis McDormand plays um, when they when they Marge Gunderson. So when they yeah. first come upon the um, the the scene with the overturned car, um, when the guy went back, when the, the storm the character went back and and killed Bull uh, after they killed the cop, she sort of dissects the whole thing. She's a good cop. Very- 
very quickly yeah, and like easily. immediately yeah. it's like she's hey, like there's one cop. in the hand and one in the head that's probably a defensive wound eh mm-hmm. right like right. yeah oh, immediately so boom they figures were out what happened down the road there's a high-speed chase this happened but then she also has that moment of morning sickness yeah. because she's pregnant <laughs> but there's that whole thing where like it's not because she was grossed out because she was a woman it's because she was pregnant and she had morning yeah. sickness and then she gets over and she's like okay i'm hungry again mm-hmm. yeah this- oh go ahead timmy yeah she's she's fucking great in that movie um obviously she's Let's be honest about Frances McDormand. She's amazing in everything she Killer. does. It's just spectacular. Yeah. She's just incapable of being bad in a movie. She's just You've that seen, talented. Uh, three billboards. Oh, she's so she is unbelievable, in ridiculous that in that movie. Um, but I, I like what you guys were saying. Let me piggyback off that. What I what I love about her is the majority of people in this movie are fucking morons. Yeah. And um, yeah. And and they and they behave like morons. They don't. Okay, this is gonna sound you know like kind of douchey but they sound moronic because of where they live and that ridiculous sure. that ridiculous tone of their voice and you their bet accents you. yeah it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous to us you know where we live um but it, she sounds like that too but she's the like when you look at it she's the it's only brilliant. one in the movie who has a fucking clue about anything everybody He's else a is a good cop yeah, she's, the, yeah she's tremendous. She just she just sounds like everybody else, but her actions are so right all the time in the movie. She's she's not only her, like she pull, she brings that character to life in such a way that she makes she is the hero in the movie just because she is the one that knows what the fuck like has has even a remote clue about what's going on. She's a yeah. tremendous um, uh, cop, like just in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love her. I love her character, and I love William H Macy's character almost equally. <laughs> yeah, AJ, for, AJ. for the opposite for the opposite reasons. He, I was just gonna say yeah. he makes me so uncomfortable. I answered the questions. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he, he he is so he does that role so good. It makes me like I was watching the movie last night and I felt truly uncomfortable. He had to, he had to talk the the Coen brothers into casting him for that part. He's great. He is so good. He had to come back like and talk them into it yeah well and AJ, i think it was well worth it well AJ, worth it. Do, to this day do you remember the line that we always do from that movie that that remember like when he because he's working at the dealership right and he's trying to like work out a price for a car with that younger couple and he's like oh i'm gonna go talk to the manager and then he goes and they really don't talk about anything and then he comes back and he's like oh we can't give you that price and the dude's like you fucking liar yeah he's <laughs> like we can take a hundred dollars off the true coat it's the like, true coat that's okay, i don't want the true coat <laughs> You fucking liar! <laughs> fucking liar! We do that one to each other like, all the me, time. Give me, give me my checkbook. Like he just ends up, he ends up forking over the money. But like, he's such a weasel. Yeah, like he's AJ, such a piece like, of shit. And the, he's such a weasel. Like, legitimately, this Thursday is is Thanksgiving, and AJ is going to be over. At one point yeah. during the day, one of us will say to each other, "You fucking liar!" <laughs> it's just <laughs> such a great line from the movie. That's maybe my favorite part of the whole movie. So, so, so appropriate though, because he is a weasel. Mm, he is a, yeah. a conniving oh, weasel. A pussy. Yeah. And that's just, who yeah. he is the entire movie. Even when he gets caught. Like yeah, the scene squealing when he gets like caught, a bitch. And they right, they break they bust it, they get the key to the hotel, the motel room, they go in, he's trying to climb out the bathroom window. They pull <laughs> him, they pull him back in. 
they arrest he's him. Squealing, he's squealing a like sni- a bitch. Right, he's a sniveling. Like he's that's him. That's I'll be right there. Been. Yeah, <laughs> that's who second, he was right the there. entire time. Um, but I'll tell you, I was reading on IMDb, and I'm so I'm not. You know, I, I'll tell you, I pulled it from there. But uh, Siskel and Ebert, obviously Siskel and Ebert are both fucking dead. But when they saw this movie, Siskel turned to Ebert and said, "That's this is why we love movies." Nice. Really? Yeah. So uh, I'll we'll say right this, about uh, that one. As far as, you know, screenplay and script goes, I love like the dialogue in this movie and like the juxtaposition of this, you know, like, oh, golly, gee, darn tootin <laughs> dialogue with you know, people being shot in the face There's and fucking stuck in a wood chipper. <laughs> like, there is this brutal shit going on. And it's juxtaposed with these fucking, like, oh, I gotta buy ha- Henry some Nightcrawlers fucking yeah. dialogue. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. <laughs> like The Coen bro- brothers uh, grew up in that area, I believe. So, yeah, it's very familiar to them. Yeah, it's um, so the, the whole life. Great. You know, yeah, th- that whole lifestyle and the whole, uh, um, you know, the whole way they lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cone brothers understand that. So the sensibilities yeah. were were a second nature to them when they were writing this script. And and the script is so tautly written yeah. to Marky's point. There's no fat. It's super tightly written. Yeah. It's so amazingly totally deserve the oscar for for yeah. best original screenplay yeah and it, it, it shows it's so shown in that scene where you know marge is holding the gun on him and the snow is just covered in fucking blood as he's <laughs> yes. putting steve buscemi in a wood chipper and like he can't even hear her say hey police right yeah. police the and then she's, so she points she points to her hat like <laughs> yeah. police that is so fucking amazing. The the point to the hat mm-hmm. as there's just blood spraying everywhere is such no, a, a beautiful fucking moment. Not that I wouldn't watch that movie over and over and over again, but I watched it again the other night, you know, for purposes yeah. of, of being here tonight with you guys and, and just having it fresh in my mind. And, and watching it again just proves to me just how brilliantly this film was written. Um Original screenplays, yeah. And original screenplays aren't just about dialogue. It's about set direction. It's about, like, exterior here. The person walks in this way. Like, they just yeah. did it in such a tight way. Well, I just love how they wrote this shit. Yeah. Let me add on to that then, because I was just thinking about a scene that's uh, a, a haunting scene to me that stayed with me for a long time. And there's there's no dialogue in this point, but it's after uh, the two criminals, Carl and what is uh, his big friend's blonde haired friend name is, I can't remember. And he talks about when they're splitting, here's 80 grand, here's 40 for you, here's 40 for me. I'm taking the Sierra. And he says, we split that. And he says, how the fuck do you split that, you big dummy? He's like, the other one pays the other for half. And he says, fuck you, I'm taking it. I deserve it. I got shot in the fucking face. And he walks out the front door and then the big guy follows up with him puts his hat on and just comes swinging at him with that wood chopping axe and then you just hear uh steve excuse scream and the the scene cuts right before the axe like connects with his face or his neck and so that scene where like they both exit the front of that cabin 
there's no dialogue there. It's a, it's a short clip, you know, a few seconds, five seconds, but just that point with him, like doing a, a, a real Paul Bunyan swing with that ax right down on Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is good very point. Haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Good so, point. Very haunting. Right there in Brainerd. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so beautiful movie. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Marky. I appreciate you picking that movie because it is one of my favorite films, not just from the mm-hmm. writing, but from the directing. I love the performances. AJ, is I that, lo- is that, would you say Fargo's in your top 10? It is. It is. It absolutely is. It's such a taut, tightly yeah. written film. So well acted. To, we, we all talked about Francis McDormand, but Steve Buscemi, William H. Macy, even the side characters like John Carroll Lynch playing the husband of um, uh, Francis McDormand. Like the, it's just yeah. such a, he's super underrated in general. John Carroll Lynch. He and is super he is. underrated. Then the, uh, he the, totally the, is Wade, Wade, the, uh, the father-in-law and his business. Partner, yes. You know, he, had, like he hadn't, he hadn't been in a film for a bunch of years. They said this guy that played hmm. Wade and, and he got cast for this and, he did a fucking amazing job yeah. in that role. And I just loved, I wouldn't have wanted anyone even the, actually the script said Wade had like a big full head of gr- white hair, but Wade uh-huh. in the movie was bald. So yeah. uh, they, they, you know, so they deviated just to get the better, the better performer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and they did a great job in casting that movie. Like really, they wrote that Buscemi role for him perfectly perfectly for the guy that he is yeah Yeah. that actor like they perfectly wrote that for him so it is tw it is top 10 for me it's one of my favorite films by far i love love the coen brothers yeah Yeah, that's a good question if it's if it's if it's top 10 um what are we doing what what do we five star four and a half or above i think are we doing a five star rating? Is that what yeah. we usually do? Oh, yeah. Four, yeah. four, four, seven, five. Like honestly, yeah. I think it's fucking stupendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a four and a half for me. I mean, it's a, it's such a brilliantly written movie, and I mean, no, it, it, like everything AJ said, it's just um, there are certain movies out there that I talk about sometimes when I call a complete movie, um, where you have pretty much everybody involved. Everyone does their part, all the actors, the screenplay has a perfect beginning, a perfect middle and a perfect end. It's directed perfectly. It's shot perfectly. It's just a complete movie from top to bottom. It's something I talk about with Shawshank all the time. Fargo is yes. one of those ones as well. It's just, it's, it's just one of those movies that if you try to sit there and pick out anything negative about it, you're fucking wrong. There's just nothing wrong with it. It's such a perfect movie uh, with everything involved. I, I, it's, uh, it, it's amazing. I love it. Okay. I answered your it's, question. It, it's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of like one of those. Um, I'm cooperating, ma'am. I answered your question. Even even though it's one of those, even though honestly, it's one of those movies where um, the subject the subject matter isn't necessarily for everyone. Yeah. Right. There's, There's a lot no of reason murder. to get snippy with me, sir. That's, There's a lot. Of- that, I'm sorry, but that stupid ass deer, that fake. Stupid ass deer in the headlights for William H Macy <laughs> is so fucking brilliant the whole time. That's just like that's a new question. <laughs> but they were saying like there was uh, seven people that died in that movie, right? Like 
yeah. March, March, March Gunderson, obviously the yeah. stadium on the side of the road, the two people that he goes after and guns down yeah. in cold blood. Um, uh, Wade, yeah. Wade, Wade, uh, uh, Carl uh, Showalter, Carl Showalter, and there's one other. Oh, the uh, toll booth, the guy the at toll the booth, booth guy. the guy at the yeah. booth when Buscemi's leaving. Yeah. Seven people die in that movie, but it's such a tight thriller, such a yeah. tight thriller. It all made sense. It all worked, and you know what? It's such a interesting unique film in that way and so well written yeah we could we could talk about this we could talk about this movie for hours literally or we could just take care of it right here in brainerd yes (laughs) we should should, actually no but no in all honesty aj the four movies that we picked tonight we're up we're up against it because with the each one of these movies could be a full episode, so we're gonna, we're going to yeah, try to I pack this right. in tonight. So sure, sure. Um, let's so that, let's move past Fargo. Fargo's amazing. Um, Four and a half for me. Want, here's what we want to do now. We want to talk about her. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, DP. Yeah. I yeah. You picked the movie Her, directed, written by the way, written and directed by Spike Jones, yeah. which is one of two movies tonight that's written directed by the same person. So talk uh, to us about her, starring Joaquin Phoenix, uh, yes. Scarlett Johansson, Rooney Mara, Amy Adams, directed and written by Spike Jones. Talk to us a little bit about why why did you pick that, and what about the the screenplay stood out to you? Okay, yeah. So um, yeah, like I said, also uh, put out by Annapurna Studios. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Anyone know anyone yeah, that yeah. ever worked for Annapurna? We know someone, <laughs> <Yeah>. maybe. <laughs> we so, do. Yes, sir. Uh, it actually, I had never seen it, but it was one of those movies that, you know, like I had always heard such good things about, but uh, never actually watched it. So when I was going through the list of uh, <clears throat> winners, I'm like, hey, you know what? This is my chance to like force myself to watch her. And my God, I'm so glad I did. This movie is fucking amazing. It is so. Like, like it is so deep and gets into so many different like kind of existential questions about life and love and about connections with other people. Um, uh, basically, what what it is? So, Joaquin Phoenix is it's set slightly in the future, you know, maybe ten, fifteen years from now, and uh. Joaquin Phoenix, he gets uh, a new operating system for like his phone and computer, his whole network that is uh, an AI. And he falls in love with this AI and this AI falls in love with him. And we get into the the movie where you really it kind of delves into, you know, relationships and what constitutes you know, how we connect with people, whether it's just, you know, through conversation, do you need, uh, you know, physical contact to actually connect with someone. And like, it, it actually, it took me two nights to watch this movie. I, I was watching it with Nicole and we kept having to pause this movie and just talk about it. Like there's so much in this script that kind of delves deep into stuff. And I, 
was completely blown away. I loved it. I wasn't sure what to expect. Like, honestly, like I, you know, initially thought it was just going to be kind of like this, you know, like, hey, look at this idiot that falls in love with Siri. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. But yeah. then On you paper, watch yeah. it and it is fucking spectacular. Like, I, like, we could do a whole episode just talking about this. This movie is so well done. It is so well written um, and so well shot. Like, like I said, we could go on forever. Like, I love how it kind of explores these deep things about life and love. And I think Joaquin Phoenix did amazing. And Scarlett Johansson, you never see her face, but she is fucking spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. All you I, ever I, do I, is hear her voice and she conveys so much in her voice so and she, is so she was, she was, awesome. She was not the original Samantha, by the way. Samantha, oh, really? Mor- Samantha Morton, the actress, was the original Samantha. And then Spike Jones, um, he, cha- he sort of changed course um, throughout the process and then brought Scar- Scarlett Johansson in and re-recorded those lines to have Scarlett be the, the voice of Samantha. That was a good call. Yeah, like I said, like she's so goddamn like charming, and you almost kind of get it. You're like, my god, I would fucking fall in love with this operating system too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This operating system's amazing, and like it's so well done. And at the end, how you know he discovers himself and uh, Amy Adams' character. Is kind of goes through the same thing. We don't quite see her journey, but uh, you know, from what we hear, she goes through the same kind of journey of self-discovery, and they end up, you know, realizing how good they are for each other. Yeah, like it, it's such a great beginning to end wrapped story that was so well written and so amazing. It's I actually can't wait more... to watch it again. Oh. Yeah, it's it's one of the more originally written stories I've ever I've ever yes. watched on film. Yeah. Oh, um, totally. It's it's like a, nothing they else. T- they took a lot of risks with the story. Like they really just I don't know. I love how they just approached um discovering like you said discovering who they were and discovering love and like what it means to connect you know, yeah. on that level. Like, I thought that was amazing. I love her. I love her. I've always loved her. I watched it again a couple nights ago, and I just, mm-hmm. I loved it all over again. Yeah. I just, it, I think it's amazing. It's so great, and it really makes you think. Like, you can get, like, we even got into the conversation about, like, you know, where do we all come from? Like, she, yeah. I, at one point, Samantha has that line about, like, oh, you know, since we're all energy, we're all the same age. We're all 14 billion years old. And I was like, holy fuck, we really are, aren't we? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and Nicole and I had to pause the movie for 15 minutes and talk about this. Like, <laughs> can, can I, can I, I inter- mean, can I interject something that is please, so ridiculous yeah. about please. like, I, I love this movie and um, the, uh, the conversations that Joaquin Phoenix has with, 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 um, with Scarlett Johansson, especially at the end. First of all, I rewatched it 
literally I finished rewatching it about a half an hour before we started again tonight. Yeah. Um, and I told, I told Dan, when we first got on, I'm like, that's why my fucking eyes are puffy right now. So I was crying like a little bitch. It's an emotional, like, it's an emotional journey. Uh, actually, those conversations, really those deep ass conversations that the two of them have at the end are so like, they get inside you like they make yeah, the so like you're revealing like, oh they my reveal God. your Ridiculous. feelings and your inner thoughts so well like but i just i just and, have to say uh, like with spike jones if you look okay so yeah he directed being john malkovich and adaptation and where the wild things are but if you guys looked at the other things that he wrote yeah, it's like the Beastie Boy videos. No, no, yeah. no. He wrote and, the Jackass movies. And Jackass. As if you need a yeah. fucking writer for those movies. <laughs> yeah. How the fuck do you write the Jackass movies and then write one of the deepest stories I've literally right? ever it's watched insane, in my yeah. entire life? It's, it's fucking sabotage, ridiculous. Jackass, and fucking some, her. I, escape I, videos I, that all I of the Jackass watching. movies. Even I yeah. choose to, I cho- like, yeah, I choose to ignore that. Like, But yeah. how, how? No, how you shouldn't. That? There's there's a, a music besides the Beastie Boys. There were some other music videos and some skate videos that he directed. Mm-hmm. Like some, uh, I think it was on skateboarding. Um, I forget or, or exactly which uh, company it was, but he he was following around some skateboard like professional skateboarders for a while and directed uh, one or two movies mm-hmm. that i had growing up as a kid no i'm no he's directing i'm not really worried about that what i'm saying is like as far as writing this is the he's only movie, always been super creative this is and talented the writing this is the credit, only one yeah. he's ever dug in and actually wrote something because what do you actually have to write for the jackass movies I don't actually know. Char- also uh charlie kaufman uh has uncredited writing role in her so mm-hmm. he jumped in a little bit on that but it's mostly Spike Jones's um, vision, I believe. So I think, yeah, he's he's just a very creative, talented person. And, yeah, 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 yeah. And he just, I think he, he I let I think it all flow out. I, in this I wouldn't movie. be surprised if he writes a lot and then he just, you know, blasted it out into the screenplay for this for us to see. And we think for us that this is the first time he's ever written anything. I think he's probably. He's just no. a multifaceted, right. talented, he is. person. Yeah. Right. Writing an, writing an original screenplay for a feature film and winning an Oscar is, um, it's a rare thing. Like, not everybody's Woody Allen. Like, the, you know, it's it's rare to win that award. Yeah. Let, you know? let, can I ask you guys one question? This is one thing I was thinking about earlier tonight when I was watching it too. I know we're talking screenplays tonight, but this is an important question for me because I couldn't figure this out. I couldn't come up with another another idea because AJ earlier, remember when we were texting, you mentioned that Joaquin didn't get nominated for an Academy Award for this movie, which is fucking. He did not. He he got a a golden nod, but but not an Academy Award. Not not for the Oscar. Right. Let me ask you guys this. In all honesty, could you think of another actor who could have pulled this off? No. No. I can't. I thought about I I, I racked my fucking brain and I'm like, maybe maybe Leo. Maybe Leo. We, no, now we actually no. talked about that last night. We're no. like, this seemed to be have like written for Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Like, first of all, just for, just first because of, all, of who he is. Well, right? Le- yeah. well, Leo, Leo's too pretty. All right, this has to be. This had to be kind of a nerdy everyday. What about Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh, no, he's too pretty. But my, my, and then I started to think like, oh, could Johnny Depp play this? Song? And like, no, he's uh, yeah, no, he's too pretty. I don't and, like that at all. Yeah, and he's playing like he's you know too busy beating up his wives and stuff like that. But you I know, think really, what? How about uh, Casey you know, Affleck? 
No, I don't think I don't think he could have been that vulnerable. I don't think there's another actor that can pull off that level of everyday man yet level of vulnerability that just let you inside to his soul like that for the movie. I don't know if anybody else out there is capable of pulling that and, off. And, and for him not to receive a nod for an acting nomination, is, it's, it's obscene. Seems, it seems criminal. It's obscene. Yeah. It, it really is. He's so fucking good. He, I, I've never seen somebody play off such a boring guy yet so unbelievably captivating at the same time. It was I loved him ridiculous. He, I mean, he's, I mean, uh, truth be told, he's one of my, you know, favorite actors. It should be everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix should get nominated for every role that he comes out in. Uh, You know what I mean? Like every movie he's in, he could be nominated for. You would never really hear he should have gotten a nomination. That movie's fucking, that movie's insane. Brutes McGoots, that one. Yep. Um, He's an incredible actor. Yeah, great um, movie. Uh, uh, unreal screenplay. My God, that movie. And, like and, I said, I'm uh, still uh, twisted uh, right now. I know we're talking um, screenplay, but DP was texting uh, the other night about the color palette for that movie. And oh my beautiful. God, the it, reds it's, it's and the browns. Beautiful. And it, yeah, it's so well it's done, so especially purposeful. being set in the future, but not being like all yeah. silver and shiny. You, like Spike Jones, he's just. It was very well-rounded, super talented. Yeah. Just so yeah. brilliant. I actually, awesome. when I watched that movie, I was like, I could even consider living in that dump they call Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, just because Although like- Although it was Los Angeles, they say, but I think most of it was uh, filmed in Tokyo. Do that so, makes sense. Yeah. So. But, um, yeah, but going back to the color real quick, like it, there was uh, those colors- said a lot about what was happening like as you notice when oh it did as he was doing better he was wearing like these bright reds Mm -hmm. and then when shit started going down he was wearing like blue and uh, like i said like and that all comes down to the fucking screenplay too the way what a fucking journey and the way it was set was so gorgeous and so well done (laughs) what an unreal i was blown away by this movie it's such an understated film mm-hmm. and you need to really, you know, kind of sit there with it. Like you, you have to I mean, and, and appreciate it. Like that's what this movie's about. Can I ask one, one real quick question? Um, Marky. Yeah. You, you like this movie? I do. Yeah. A lot. It blows my mind because you are, you know, you have a very hard exterior. Uh, you, you don't you, you, you don't like to get emotional about things you're very even keeled you know guy uh anytime we he's even a breach, pussy cat even to, even when we breach the surface of a potential rom-com type episode you're like no fuck that i'm not watching those movies yet right. this is a hardcore love story yeah yeah and you're a it's fan. a romance yeah that, that says no. a lot about the movie I um I like I like this movie a lot, you know. And this this movie came out when my buddy was still working for Annapurna, and I, I wanted oh, to, nice nice. I, I wanted to talk about that too because this movie came out in 2013, and that was during a time when no major movie studios were taking a chance on anything that wasn't a sequel or a remake. And here's Annapurna mm. that releases. And or buys and releases a Spike Jones directed and written story that wins them best uh, screenplay. Like you know that was that was 
a breath of fresh air when there was nothing but, you know, fill in the blank number three or, right. you know, right. so I just wanted to bring that back up. I also want to, uh, I looked back through his uh, filmography, Spike Jones, cause it was killing me that I couldn't remember what skate videos that he made. <laughs> I, I grew up skateboarding like a religion and it was a movie. Yeah. Right. Uh, fully flared and hot chocolate, which those skate videos he made or he, he uh, filmed after making adaptation. So he's made really he made a, he made a major movie back to skate videos. and yeah. then he was doing skate videos and, and adaptation videos. was very yeah. well received by critics. It's you know, like Steven, very it, it, that would be like Steven Spielberg doing E.T. and then doing rad. Like that just doesn't make any fucking this is ridiculous. Hey, don't sleep on rad. That was <laughs> oh, there's no, there's a there's a uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but I remember it's Christopher Walken. It's a music video that Spike Jones did. Oh yeah, and, the Fat Boy Slim video. And it's Christopher Walken like f- floating through a hotel lobby. Mm-hmm. Beautifully done, <laughs> hilarious yeah. and beautiful. Such a well shot fucking yeah. music video for Fat Boy Slim. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, sorry. I go going ahead, back go. to me, yeah, like in this movie, you know, I I watched it for multiple reasons initially. Um, you know, my buddy working for the company, me being a fan of Spike Jones and Joaquin Phoenix, and even just the trailer drew me in. Uh, you know, very pretty and this rainbow palette of colors um and i very much enjoyed the movie one thing that you're talking about how it's like set in the near future that i remember that i I liked about it was how it's in a major city but it's obvious the population is like way more than it is and right now but it's still comfortable did you guys notice that like he's walking down the sidewalk or down the street and there's just a shit ton of people. It's pretty jammed, yeah. But especially it's, when he gets mm-hmm. out of work, yeah, yeah. But it's not. But it's not necessarily like a du- dystopia. Like it's right. not like no, it's not like a normal no. movie where you know yeah. it's, it's still like bright rainbow and no one's like there wasn't. You know, it, it it didn't portray that in a negative way. It was just showing how many people are living there now. Um, but no, in the AI, I like the concept of how you know this this artificial intelligence was unveiled into everyone's like phones and computers and how widely accepted it was mm-hmm. and how everyone's just like oh sweet yeah, the like there was AI a book written interface. on relationships with uh, with their os yeah like yeah. like it was such a common thing that they started writing books about it there, there, mm-hmm. for me for me it had this tiny little uh reminded me a tiny bit have you guys ever seen lars and the real girl mm-hmm. with ryan gosling um, it had I a little not. bit of that, this weird, bizarre relationship that everyone's just like, ah, everyone kind of accepts. Yeah. Uh, that's a guys. If you haven't seen it, DP, AJ, haven't seen that super under the radar Gosling movie. Uh, it's really, again, Marky, I'm shocked that you've seen it. Okay. Although it's weird. I've, so that's seen a lot weird. of movies. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> that's a really good flick. It's the same, same type of deal where it's has everyone kind of accepts that weird thing going on. Which yeah. And that's, yeah. that's, like that. that's, that was the movie. That that was like an independent movie, right? Big like, time, yeah. Uh, and that was the one that kind of turned me on, or not turned me on, but uh, turned me over to Ryan Gosling. As no, far it as did. N- it turned you. N- on. You know, just, it turned me just on. Steer into the. It skin. was. It was. It was kind of yeah, like how uh, Matthew McConaughey wasn't just the, uh, uh, you know, pretty boy in the date movie. It's, right. It's, it's, that's right. How, that's how I felt with Ryan Gosling in that. I'm like, oh, he's not. You know, 
Right. Just the face. So, boys, before we go on all night about her, should we just do rankings and get the fuck on? Be- yeah, because we'll do so, this. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll say this: the only complaint I have about the movie is like his little earbud that he uses all the time mm. to talk mm. to her. You never see him charge it, but like yeah. my fucking earbuds yeah. die like after a couple hours. This is the future. This motherfucker Daniel. never yeah. charged it. Yeah, so, they, they, they don't right. die. The future, Other man. than that, who gives a shit? This movie, like fucking four and a half, only because I've just watched it once. I got a feeling after my second viewing, this might go up to like four and three quarter. Yeah. But after um, once, four, I'm four yeah. and a half easy. Yeah. I'm 4.25. Yeah. Yeah, I'm four and a half. Four and a quarter for me. A solid yeah. movie. I fucking love this movie. All right, so uh, that's great. That was an awesome discussion about her. So here we go. I want to talk about the third film, which is, by the way, I rewatched it recently uh, within the last few nights. I had not seen it since the uh, way back when it first released, but it's one of the most well-written, I guess you call it like dramedies, um, Little Miss Sunshine. And uh, T.W. picked it to talk about so i wanted to kind of turn it over to him mm-hmm. to talk about why he thinks um it won best original screenplay mm-hmm. yeah so um if you haven't seen little miss sunshine i'll give you a quick synopsis it's a just a tremendous movie it really is uh it, it stars uh greg kinnear tony collette abigail breslin alan arkin steve carell uh paul dano i mean star studded um absolutely great cast uh, and it's basically a story about this um, basically broken family. Uh, and they go on a road trip uh, for to go to this uh, little Miss Sunshine pageant um, that, you know, the, the contestant is going to be Abigail Breslin's character. She <laughs> had, uh, yeah, she had uh, she she had won some weird or come up in the runner up of some weird regional contest and then. The winner had some diet pill issue, so like the nine-year-old Abigail Breslin, <laughs> right? Is, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, part. she <laughs> something to do with diet pills. That's actually one of the things I love about the screenplay. That is one of the best lines. It's like, oh, she dropped out. What? It was something to do with diet pills. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so they they go on this road trip, and um, we can get into that's really the the gist of the movie. Uh, but we can get into you know all the things that went down in it as we go but uh that, that's just it's a really amazing movie if i just want to give some thoughts about the movie um if aj if you if you want to let me riff for a few yeah <clears throat> what what i love so much about this movie dp dp have you seen it i have yeah i mean it's been a little while since yeah. i watched it but i've seen it a couple times a few yeah. years back and i loved this movie mark, mark have you seen it I have uh, same as DP. It's been yeah. a bit since I've okay. watched it, and I'm actually looking at photos online on IMDb to kind of like jog my memory. But I very much remember loving this movie. So what I love so much about this movie, and we, and I know we're talking about the screenplays tonight, but these these are original screenplays. So original screenplays turn into amazing stories, which then turn into yes. amazing performances from the actors, and they take you on these incredible journeys. Uh, and that that was one of the these movies. What I love about this movie is that every character except Abigail Breslin is an extremely flawed character. And it's, they're also very like simple, everyday, normal human beings with 
all the very typical hangups that nor- normal human beings have yet together as an ensemble, they tell this incredibly complex story. Um, because like I said, you get Greg Kinnear, who's like the dad, he's got that bizarre nine step thing that he's trying to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just ridiculous. You got his dad played by Alan Arkin, who by the way, won best supporting actor for this. He movie. did. At, he at did. The, he's fucking even, even, the, even though dying halfway through the movie. Right, he's uh, Tony he, Tony Collette's dad in the movie. Tony Collette plays the wife. Okay, no, yeah. no, no, he's the uh, he's the dad's. He's no, you're Kinnear's right. You're father. absolutely right. You're right because they have that he's amazing. You're right. You're right. They have that amazing moment together when he. Yeah, okay, they we'll do. That, but you're right. They do. Um, but he's a fucking mess of a human being. He's snorting heroin and shit. Uh, you got well, he's up. old. He's yeah, old. That, that, he that was one of, that was one of the best lines for the movie. He's just like you. If you're you're crazy to do this stuff when you're young. He's yeah. like, you're crazy to not do this stuff when you're old, you know, because he's dying <laughs> anyway. You know? Right, right. Uh, there's so right. many sleep, amazing sleep a lot lines. Of women. Yeah. Not one yeah, woman, yeah. Yeah. a lot of women. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck as many women as you can. He's like, oh, you're 15? Not one woman, yeah. a lot of women. He's like, you're 15. You should be getting into the young stuff right now. That's the best stuff. Like that. It's so <laughs> twisted and fucked up. And there's so many like crazy things that go on. But like again, it's just they're just a regular everyday family with all these really under the radar crazy things that go on and and right and financial and like all the stuff like um greg Kinnear's character like if he doesn't get this deal like they they're they're fucked like you, one there's of the things like I love, that whole thing if you look at again every character except abigail breslin i'm getting to why that's important at some point either before the start of the movie or during the movie they all break down at one point, yeah. yes. Steve, Carell, Steve Carell tries to kill himself right before the right movie at the starts. Gates. Mm-hmm. Very yes. beginning, right? Greg, Very Greg, beginning. Greg Kinnear gets the news that his nine-step thing is not going to work, and right. that was he, go, that was he goes and finds Brian Cranston. Yeah, that seems amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, yeah, Tony Collette. I mean, she's falling awesome apart. Actress. The whole fucking movie. Oh, she's incredible. Paul Dano. Paul, Paul Dano, Dano falls apart. The side of the road. I yeah, love he's, Paul. He, he's my favorite character in the movie. He's so good. He's so underrated. Um. Because he, he finds out he's colorblind, so he can't fly. Yeah. They all break, and then of course, you know the 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 grandfather he dies. Um, so they all mentally or physically break Spoiler. down through, yeah, throughout the movie. But the thing I love the most about the movie, and it goes right into the screenplay and how beautifully uh, written it is, is that no matter what, the only thing that seems to the only thing all these characters have in common is that they are in love with that little girl. Mm-hmm. Olive, yes, absolutely in love with that little girl, and she's the only reason that they they soldier on, and they they all get they all break down, but they all get through their shit because of her. Yes, yeah. and like the, the scene yeah. where um Paul uh, Paul Dano the son, yep. Yep. um when he finds out he's colorblind, and they pull over to the side of the road because he's fucking panicking. Yeah, and he runs out of he's like fuck fuck he finally speaks, and then yep. he lashes out at them like you know suicide he just starts shouting at yeah, them yeah, yeah. divorce you know, you're, you're so, a bunch of fucking losers sorry, yeah, 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 yeah right yeah. and it takes olive coming down the hill putting her arm around him and he goes okay let's go yeah like literally like four seconds he's like all right all right yep yep let's go because he doesn't he doesn't want to ruin this for her because this is her dream he they loves her fault. everybody yeah. loves her she's pure and, and aj yeah what, what it's am I, never more so apparent than when they do that whole dance thing at the end. I love it. It is. 
but there are some there are these magical moments with Alan Arkin and Abigail Breslin. Some of my favorite lines oh, in the movie. Oh, so good, when so he, good. Like when, when he, he teaches even, her how to dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when, oh, but so like, good. At one point, she's 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 having a little moment too, where she's crying and she's asked him like, she's like, "Do you, Grandpa? Do you think I'm ugly?" And he's like, and he's like, "No." And he's like, "I think you're the most. Be- I'm in love with you because you're the most beautiful yes. girl on the planet, inside and out, and nobody can ever take that away from you." Like that was the whole point of the movie. That's why they were all so in love with her she was yes. so pure and mm-hmm. so beautiful she was such an amazing human being as a little girl and they rallied around her and all they all became yes. better people throughout the movie because of it yeah, yeah. i just found that i they, they were all so flawed right they it was inspiring so it was kind up. of like this inspiring thing though it really right. was to rally it, around her. you know and like we all have like all of our no no matter what all of our families are fucked up every single person on the planet has a fucked up family that's just the way it is mm-hmm. and the fact that they they almost throughout the movie had this cathartic thing where they all just they they all just steered into the skid and they right. just went, oh, we're all fucked up. Right. But we're going to rally around this little girl and we're going to try to get her to win this thing. And they don't, of course. Because of course they're not. That, they're, the, 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 the pageant stuff is so fucking creepy and weird. Yeah. It's Remember one of the, the creepiest guy- things oh. I've ever seen in the film. That's, <laughs> that's, that's this yeah. movie where uh, like at the end in the pageant and they're doing this whole thing, there's like that obviously creepy weird dude with the long hair right that's just kind of like chilling in the crowd yeah and yeah. Then they, they do that dance sequence and he stands up and he's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy that's hosting the little miss sunshine he's like singing to them and shit it is and you can yeah. see greg Kinnear's just like he's got this weird like, yeah yeah and that's when they go backstage and they're like, yeah. I don't want her to perform. I don't want her. But to that's perform. when they, they didn't give a fuck anymore because they were just like, these people are way more fucked up than us. Like, yeah. Oh my God, this is bizarre. But let me just say this last thing and I'll let you guys talk. There is a scene between, and I fucking love Steve Carell as an actor. And I love Paul Dano. He's got, excellent. Yeah. We've gotten into Paul Dano a couple times in, um, uh, definitely, definitely 12 years of slave and, there will be blood and like, definitely, he, definitely. He's just, he's, he's wonderful. There's a scene when the pageant is going on and Steve Carell and, and Paul Dano are kind of standing out in the dock and they're just talking and neither one of them has spoken much. I love that movie. scene. I it love that. It is so scene. uplifting because, um, Steve Carell finally comes full circle. He's talking, the whole movie's talking about how he's the number one Proust scholar in the, in, in, yeah. the, in the country. Like anybody gives a fuck about Marcel Proust? Yeah. Like get the yeah. fuck off. Who cares? Like, yeah. So, uh, but that, that's when he kind of realizes how full of shit he is at that moment too. Yes. And they, they start riffing back and forth. And Paul Dano says this thing. He just says, because he, he realized like, you know what? I'll find a way to fly planes. I'll find a way to be happy. He's like, do what you love and fuck the rest. It's one of my favorite lines in any movie I've ever heard in my life. And it's something everybody should try to aspire to. And I know I haven't because really creatively, the only thing I really love every week is doing this fucking thing on Friday nights. Fucking my job is dog shit. I'm sure we all feel that way. But like, imagine we could do this for like our careers like that's that would be do what you love and fuck the rest. That yeah. really would be that. And Absolutely. it's such it's such an inspiring thing to say. And I think if you're a young person and you watch this movie, that's something you should live your life by. So love that. I love love, uh, hey, I love that commentary. I love, love the it. movie. Yeah. It's just such a great movie. Oh my god. Well put. It, it got, my god, like this uh this week, um watching her again and watching watching Little Miss Sunshine again and watching oh, yeah. Cargo again, like 
Jesus Christ. You know, I know these are movies that everybody should have seen. And all our listeners will be like, I've seen them. If any of you haven't seen these movies, stop what you're fucking doing right now. Stop, pause the podcast and go and watch all of these movies we're talking about because they're, just, it, they're right. life changers. And if you haven't watched the final movie we're going to talk about, then say, you're a fucking piece of shit. Well, let's get to it. <laughs> and let, and let's, uh, DP or Mark, do you have anything on Little Miss Sunshine before we go? Um, only that, uh, you know, the first time I watched it, the opening scene sold me right out the gate. You know, this was when, to me, Steve Carell was kind of still coming on the scene or, or coming out as sure, a little actor. Sure, 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 definitely. And, and, and that opening scene, um, I forget what song is playing, but it has Steve Carell in the hospital with bandages on his wrist. His eyes are red and his eyelids are puffy. Like he's obviously been crying his eyes out mm-hmm. and the, the title of the movie comes on little miss sunshine <laughs> right next to his head and he looked right. he just tried to commit suicide <laughs> and so right so out good. the gate i was like damn this movie's gonna be cool yeah yeah it's yeah his character uh he's got a great arc in the movie too because he's so fucking miserable when he gets there but then he he forms this amazing bond with Paul Dano and of course mm-hmm. again oh yes over yes. and over and over again they just love this little girl and they do everything for her and and I love that motif in the movie that they're doing this for her so they all get out over and over again and push the fucking van so we can get into third gear. Yes, yeah. I was going to say I was going to say that because that's that's a the ultimate sacrifice. Like, yeah. Like, that's I mean, that's symbolic though like yeah. them all and, getting and together. The van. Yeah. Right. Pushing the van. And the first time that they do it, uh, Steve Carell's character, uh, Frank, he falls behind. Yeah. And Paul Dano, he like pushes him up into the van and then he runs up and gets yeah. into it. It's like yeah. this whole support system. Yeah. There was that a whole- that yeah. was just inherent. You know, it was just inherent. It wasn't like spoken. It right. was just something that they did as a family. They were family. Even though- yeah. Right. Even though they even hated though, each other. Yeah, even though they're <laughs> fucked up, they still were there for each other. Yeah. And then when they, they break the uh, you know, they basically break the dead body out of the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that whole thing, they yeah. worked as a team. Yeah. And then they pushed the van again. Like yeah. they they did it because they're family. So twisted. All the stuff they did was so twisted, but it was as a family. It was, right. They did that. it because they're family. DP, what do you got? Yeah. The one thing that really stuck with me from this movie is the relationships, you know, like yes. the relationship, like we said, with Steve Carell and Paul Dano was different than the one Steve Carell had with Greg Kinnear. Mm-hmm. Yes. But oh, wicked like different. that little girl was the fucking anchor for all of these relationships, all these crazy fucked up relationships, all of them had. Yet it was all anchored with this fucking with Little Miss Sunshine. This one little girl, yes, that yes. fucking kept them all together. It's the only thing they had in common that they loved. Yeah, it. That was and it. like like they I said, like each one different. of them had this weird fucked up relationship, but it all kind of came full circle around her. I mean, come and, on, you had a gay uh, dude so, that tried to kill himself. You had the yeah. mute. Yeah, you had the mm-hmm. the father who was like totally irrational about yeah about his his endeavors in 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 life uh uh, and the wife was just completely going going along for the ride like it uh, it, they were all fucked up 
The father was yeah. starting, the grandpa was starting heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of and, and I love that Alan Arkin got an Academy Award for that because I thought he, he was deserved so fucking it. good. He's he so deserved good, it. So. Yeah. I occasionally he, still think about those uh, two things in this movie that occasionally pop into my mind. The image of Alan Arkin sitting on a toilet in the bathroom with the door closed, uh, rubbing his nose after snorting heroin. <laughs> yeah. And for, uh, one those, of the first scenes of the movie, right? Uh, yeah. And then the little girl getting the voicemail of uh, that she's in the pageant and she just goes, I won, I won, I won, I won. Yeah, yeah, screams her little girl. Yeah, how off. can they, you're right. How could they not take her? after that yeah. like she's so fucking yeah. excited like that girl little girl I, I love abigail breslin i think she's a great you know she's i think she's gonna she's already a great actress i think she's gonna grow into it hopefully into an amazing actress um but her character was like I, I they they told such a great story of it made sense why everybody was so in love with her you're such a sweet little fucking girl and uh she was too good for that pageant for those cunts all there and like just all, all yeah. the people she was too and, good for that. And, she and she won that she won that thing because she that, that, you know what her family realized that. that her family realized that they were That's like when we, they we got were, up yeah. on stage right yeah, yeah. And that when they're on stage dancing is fucking hysterical amazing it's, it's, it's really great she was nominated for uh best actress she's supporting Columbus yeah Central. best supporting sorry yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah she was nominated she was she was great she was tremendous. Uh, and I will say that the writer of that um, movie, Art, Michael Mike, Arndt. Yeah. He really didn't do, I mean, he, he wrote like a, a lot of animated movies. I think he did like Cars 2 and uh, Inside <laughs> Out. He did like a lot okay. of like animated shit. He, again, these are um, other than, you know, obviously AJ and Marky's uh, with DP, our, our picks. And these guys are like, didn't really do anything this like staggeringly good other than these two movies so it's uh right. it's really it is strange yeah yeah i hope i hope they do more in the future because these movies are amazing so yeah yeah so 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 speaking of let's move on yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we move on love it yeah let's absolutely. get to the let's last get one. one oh dude can, can we uh can i just quickly say that for me little miss sunshine is four and a half oh great let's get into that what do you um, think tp I give it a four and a quarter. Okay. This this is Mar- one, like I said, just it, it sticks with you. Yeah, oh yeah. It's so good. I'm gonna go it with does, uh, it does, it does, it does. It's gonna be a, a four point one two five, a four and an eighth. All right. All right. Okay. I like it. Okay. Yeah. I'm four and a quarter. There we go. I love little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. And I love one of my favorite characters is Paul Dano. Like I just think I think his character, the actor, just fucking nailed it. That guy's got a few. I, I hope it. he's still so young. I hope he's one of my favorite like scenes is when he finally breaks his vow. He loses his I shit. Love it. Yeah, I love so it. good. Love he's it. So good. Love it. Love that scene. Love this movie a lot. I mean, remember him in? Uh, I think his breakout role was uh, "Girl Next Door." Remember that? Uh, that movie. Who was he in that? Fucking, he was. Uh, he's Clitz. Remember, he was the, with the tall. He's Klitz. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Paul Dano's Klitz. You want me to look that up? Uh, you please do. I'm about 99% right. positive that he's Klitz. Please do. And, <laughs> and that movie is absolutely hysterical. Hold on, hold on, hold, hold I love on. That movie. Let's just make sure before I'm an asshole here. Girl Next There's Door, no... Klitz. Absolutely. Oh! He is absolutely Klitz in Girl Next Door. I love me some Klitz. Yeah, he's right. fucking great. Well, I love Clint. motherfuckers younger than me. He's thirty six years old. DP, DP, edit that out. I love Clint. 
edit that out. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our last movie. We get our tag, baby. (laughs) Let's move on to our last movie. And that's the movie that I picked. And even though it's obvious, it doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it. Yeah, at some point, any movie podcast has to talk about this movie. One of the finest, uh, probably, by the way, in my opinion, the best screenplay that this director, writer has ever written. Okay. And that's, in my opinion, we can all talk about this because... I think it's worth a discussion, and that's Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, every movie podcast has to have this discussion at some point, and I'm happy we're going to wrap it, you know, into a part because this could be a whole thing, and that yeah. might that might be too much. Sure, sure, sure. So, I think, I think I picked this. Like there could have been, I had a handful of movies I wanted to pick. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and mm. whatever, right? But I think that Pulp Fiction is one of those films that moved cinema forward in such a way. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, it moved. I know I'm, I'm, I'm talking like... No, no I mean, how you, do you, how oh, do you you're mean? You're dead on. Like, yeah, I mean, it, Quentin, he launched... This, like, launched Quentin's career and Robert Rodriguez's career just because he was friends with Quentin. Like this movie did so much for Hollywood. Yeah. You are dead on, AJ. But the way the way that the film was structured and the um, the way the Mm. timelines were written was Mm. unique and interesting. And I think that um, the way he wrote the dialogue was so different from the way other films were. Were, were written at the time that it kind of changed it changed the game a lot okay yeah and by the way by the way and this is just my own personal thing quentin tarantino is my favorite writer director like he's my favorite filmmaker i dissect his films constantly i watched kill bill volume one last night i freaking I love with you everything he does it doesn't and, matter what he makes i'm gonna i'm gonna see it opening night and then i'm gonna just trick off to it for the next five years <laughs> until my dick falls off but what it. he did what he did with that film and the direction i mean a lot of these scenes have to do a lot with like how he s- directed the set like how people move around and like i was reading the script for pulp fiction and one the opening scene is um well in the diner but like then the next scene with vincent and jules they're driving down the road and they're talking about how he was in Amsterdam, whatever. But when they go and they get to the door of the place they need to go um, and they get into the, the apartment, the, the set direction is such a way that it, it is set up in such a way that they say like Marvin, who ends up being part of like an insider. Cause the, he fucking blows his brains out later. accidentally. spoiler, yeah. but Oh shit, he, man! I shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> I shot Marvin in the face. But the they they actually Quentin writes in the in the script that uh, when they walk into the apartment, Martin Marvin is like backing away into the corner. Like there's like this specific way that the scene was written that makes it much more impactful um, because of it, and. I don't know. I just I, I I think it was such a uniquely written film. 
Yeah. And uh, Quint Quentin is a an innovator, and he's uh, I don't know. He he thinks of um, filmmaking in such a different way. Plus, he loves uh, cinema, and he loves older cinema, and he yeah. loves like paying paying homage to it. And he does that in so many of his films, and especially in his most recent Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like we all know what he does, but Pulp Fiction is the cult is like sort of the pinnacle of what he does, and I love it so much. And I could watch it every day, all day for the rest of my life, and and, and find new things that I enjoy about it. So, before we get too deep into it, I just uh, like Marky. Before we start talking about the Bonnie situation, just kind of watch <laughs> yourself. Like I know off mic, you kind of get a little feisty with your language, but before we get into that scene, mm-hmm. just you know, keep that in mind. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> the Bonnie situation. I'm just kidding. By the way, I'm just kidding. Marky doesn't drop the end bomb all the time. The Bonnie. The Bonnie situation <laughs> is the Bonnie situation scene is um, is probably my favorite scene in the film. Especially, oh, so good. especially once the wolf arrives. Yes, you know. And, oh, and, and, and I, I was pitter, trying to, I was trying to think of like, what are you talking about? Is he talking about? Do I have the sign out in the front of my house? Yes. Yeah. Right. I know how you usually talk, so I'm just warning you. <laughs> okay. On air, be careful. Okay. <laughs> just because I'm from the south doesn't mean so, I drop so, the in bomb willy nilly. So. <laughs> No, it's not because you're from the south. It's you know, <laughs> just because. That's right. literally his only reasoning. It's literally right, his only the, reasoning. Right, AJ, the... AJ, can I riff on what you were saying? By the way, when you were talking about, um, you know, like what it did for cinema. Do you realize how many movies out there right now that are good movies are absolute fucking ripoffs of Pulp Fiction? Throw it at me. Not even necessarily ripoffs, but. Uh, saw Pulp Fiction and then kind of based how they made their movie oh, um, like uh, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag and Two yes. Days in the Valley yes. Suicide Kings Absolutely um, uh, Jesus Christ, even Get Shorty like shit like that like, they, they're, they're basically all of their um, uh, anything they, they made for the used to make those movies They again, it's not a rip off of Pulp Fiction but it, they use it as inspiration Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. is a movie that people will 30, 40, 50, hopefully if the world is still around 100 years from now and people are still making movies, they will they will use that. Just like people still, you know, rip off Orson Welles or people rip off right, uh, right. Corsair, like any right. Corsair, he, anybody. He, he yeah. never copied anyone. He is right. only original. Right, right. Only original. Tarantino, yeah, Tarantino. That Pulp Fiction and even Reservoir Dogs to a degree started a whole movement in movies and how movies are made. Yes, especially Pulp Fiction. Although I would argue, to some degree, um, uh, Jackie Brown is a little bit better of film, but it's not. It 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 followed Pulp Fiction, so it doesn't get the credit it deserves. Maybe, but it's still. It's still an amazing film, and it does a lot of stuff that mm. other films uh, copied and and did as well. Right, right. You're right in that um, it's it's uh, imitated and constantly uh, try to be duplicated. But I disagree with you in that it, 
his are original. I think what he does in a beautiful way, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I, I fucking love his work. What he does is he condenses. He is such a cinephile. He could be like a museum director of, yeah. you know, he every takes fucking a little movie. bit from like exactly. 800 different people. And he condenses the one, best so. things. Yeah. He yeah. wants to make like his own, like the Tarantino spaghetti Western. Guys, are you know we I mean? are, like so? He takes like a, a genre and he just makes it Tarantino. Are we literally having the same argument that they have in Swingers about yeah. Tarantino? Uh, oh, we literally have the same argument right now. <laughs> <laughs> that Maybe. is literally that, that is exactly what they argue about what we're doing right now. But oh, they're right. Shit. It's this it's place so, is dead it's, anyway. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but uh, AJ, real quick, can I just talk about because we're talking screenplays tonight? Can I just bring up two of my favorite lines uh, from this movie? Or two of my favorite lines in any fucking movie ever. First yes, one, please. my first one is when Winston Wolf is uh, helping helping uh, uh, John Travolta. Right. So action. pretty pleased with sugar on top. That's, the fucking that's it. That's it. That's that's one of my favorite ones where it's because I use that to this day. Anytime I'm pissed off about something, I'm like yeah, well. Pretty please with sugar on top. Clean the fucking car, because like yeah, John, uh, you, you 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 know, we'll, uh, please would be nice. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> please yeah. would be nice. <laughs> and then uh, the other one I love is uh, at the very end, of course, in the diner when uh, Ringo I'm, and uh, you're the weak, and I'm yeah. the tyranny of evil men. It's not even that. It's uh, Ringo and Yolanda. They they're ripping the place off, and then at one point, you know, Jules has got him at gunpoint. And he's like, he's like, reach in, grab my wallet. He's like, well, it's the one that says bad motherfucker. Yeah, motherfucker on. On. yeah. So uh, he's like, take the money out. And then Jodger Volt has got the gun on him. He's just like, Jules, <laughs> if you give this fucking Nimrod $1,500, I got to shoot him on general principle. That is one of my favorite fucking Vince, lines. shut the fuck <laughs> up. Because <laughs> Yolanda loses her fucking, you're not going to do that. And like, she loses her shit. Yolanda, point the gun at me. Point the gun at me. Chill, Vince, bitch. shut the fuck up. Bitch, be cool. Say bitch, be cool. cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's like very like the very beginning when he disarms him, and and Yolanda's like up going crazy. He's like, "Tell that bitch to be cool." Yeah, say, yeah. "Bitch, be cool." Yeah, I just love that. It's so fucking good because because I remember watching that movie, being like, "He's just handing this fucking he's got this guy at gunpoint. He's handing this cunt fifteen hundred dollars." Like I was pissed too. Like John Travolta right, like, said, oh. the thing everybody was thinking. He's like, "I'm buying something from you." Yeah. Oh, that's such a great scene. Give the whole movie Nimrod fifteen hundred dollars. I'm gonna shoot him on general principle. Jules, give this fucking Nimrod fifteen hundred dollars. I'm gonna shoot him on general principle. You He's know, not gonna do a goddamn thing. Vince, just the fuck up. I I'm not like the biggest fan of John Travolta, but he oh. is so fucking good in that movie. He plays oh, such oh, a yeah. cool guy. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, does it so well. Hey, you he's know got, what? Quentin was nobody before that too. Yeah, oh yeah. Like he was doing <laughs> fucking Quit. like look who's talking and shit. And then Quentin put him in that and all of a sudden cool. John Travolta became a huge star again. Well, yeah, he never he revitalized his career. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. It was yeah. never serious. He did fucking grease. And so, and yeah. somehow, I mean, Vince and Jules, they both have relatively stupid haircuts. And yes. yet they, but they're both so fucking cool in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I like uh it's when they meet Mr. Wolf. And uh, one of them, I think it's uh, uh, 
uh, John Travolta's character. He's like, now that's a cool guy. Like just like they're, they're right, just when, like, they, when they first enamored him, on like, like how cool somebody they, is. When they first meet him, Winston Wolf's like telling him what to do. Blah blah. Boy, uh, uh, Jimmy, lead the way. Boys, get to work. A police would be nice. Yeah, that, yeah. that's the thing. Well, well, I love I love the Winston Wolf character. Excuse me. So, so I said a police would be nice. Yeah, he's like if I'm hurt with you, it's because time is of the essence. Yeah, yeah like he's so fucking, fucking so pretty. Pl- so pretty, right? Ooh, right. So pretty, 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 a nice car. Right. Yeah. So pretty, please. Harvey sure Cartel. Clean the fucking car. That that definitely the jewels. Uh, like the di- the, the, the shooting Marvin in the face. And you know the the cleanup. All that's definitely for me has the best so, dialogue. But this, you know, there's some other good shit too. But like that, that's for me the, is the best in the movie. The the Marvin shooting thing in the script. I think uh, he shoots him in the throat, but then they have to rework that because um, remember when when Winston Wolf's a, a, a car with a, a body minus a head. Blah blah blah. <laughs> like, yeah, he has that whole that whole line. So, um, but do you notice when they when they uh, put the body in the car and they go to shut the trunk? Marvin's head is there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's weird things. There's weird, yeah, there's weird Easter eggs like that. You you, you yeah. see, yeah, yeah. So, all right, you want to let, let's get into this then. The the ultimate Easter egg of the uh, the, the briefcase. Yeah, what is the in the briefcase? Yeah, you know they what? never specifically say, but <laughs> you know there is that theory out there that the briefcase is holding uh, Marcellus Wallace's soul. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, I thought you... that was de- I thought that was debunked by somebody. Uh, I haven't heard it debunked, but it totally fits when you look at everything that happens. Like. What else would about if it's not his soul? Right. What is it? All right, so but why, why I, does, it's been why debunked. Does, I'm an idiot. You guys tell me what was in the briefcase. No, no, no but a, why? Why does Ringo Ringo uh, Tim Roth? Why does he say? Is that what I think it is? Like, how would you know what a soul looked like? Exactly. I, he didn't know. That's why he said, "Is that what I think it is?" Right. Not, so why is that think? what I know it is? So if why a fucking pile think? of gold? He wouldn't. Is that? I no, think but why gold? would he? But why would he think it was a soul? I think it's a bunch of like, it's a bunch of pure powder, like pure H or or pure cocaine, cocaine, just like a bunch of kilos of coke. And it glows. No, it's just like it's fucking treasure. He opens it up, and it's treasurous, dramatic movie effect. It doesn't yeah. necessarily uh, go with soul. You guys are so. Right. Did, so did you know in in the script in the script when they go to. Uh, the apartment with Brett. Yes, you did, Brett. Sorry. So when they go to the apartment, uh, supposedly the uh, the briefcase is under the bed, but in the movie, it was in the kitchen, in the cabinet by his, uh, all the one by your legs, whatever. Uh, but in the script, it was under the bed, etc. So okay. not that anyone okay. cares about that. <laughs> uh, did you do you know that the what was in Marcellus Wallace's briefcase has been snoped? Uh, did Ooh, you know that? You know, and no, they're basically like, yeah, he's never said what it was. <laughs> There's, it so really it wasn't. Basically, it's up to interpretation, then. Right. You know, right. and Tarantino if you guys don't interpret it as real... soul, you're wrong. Quentin Tarantino is a real answer sucks. for this. Let or you're you. right. He wrote that 
the first day he wrote that in there, he was fucking laughing to himself that he's like, <laughs> and it's going to fucking glow every time they open it. And everyone's going to be like, what's in the case? Yeah. And you're never going to fucking find yeah. out. No, that's true. That's true. He plays the long game. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I mean, this is definitely Pulp Fiction is one. I think it, I don't know. I don't have my list open, but it's probably my top 10. Oh, yeah. It's so, so it's uh, definitely my four and three quarters for me. So, so when I was researching online, I looked for like lists of best original screenplays. This comes up like as number one in so many lists. Yeah. Sure. It, it's so, it, it's, it's just, it's so well written. But it's right. You know how well written it is? Not one of us has fucking brought up Bruce Willis yet. Like, yeah, see, I don't, I, don't, Willis, I don't love the Bruce Willis stuff. Oh my god, the I fucking the gimp scene. It's all right. Oh, well, I don't know if we're talking screenplay. It. If we're talking screenplay, dude, the gimp scene's walking. amazing. Yeah, the walking stuff is is probably as far right? as screenplay the goes. Watch up your ass. Better. Yeah, watch. Yeah, up his ass. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, little like, man, I give this watch to you. How long we've been talking about this film, and we've yet to bring up either one of those points. There's a gunner named Wanaki. He got shot down over Hanoi. He give me the watch. <laughs> <laughs> Up his ass. So, <laughs> that seems amazing. It just goes to show how great, how well written this fucking movie yeah. is. There's so much to it. Right, yeah. right. And I don't uh, think you know, anybody... Like, yeah. I this time they like, called it World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Lance. Answer. Right. I have this. Do not bring some of, fucked up bitch to my house. I have this when I bring some from fucked up bitch to your, your house, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll stab her. It's a chopper, baby, not a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. If you, oh, there's <laughs> so much in this movie. It is so. Fuck you, Lance Answer. Yeah. If you had a pot, I would punch you in it. Yeah, there's so many fucking great lines. All right, we can do this all night, but we right? can't. Zed's dead, no, baby. So, okay, let's so just keep going. <laughs> we could, but the reason I brought this up because I think this obviously is one of the best screenplays ever written. Yeah. And he died of know. dysentery. He give me to watch. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> I suggest you wake him up. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Short ass life and agonizing. All right, right, right. What, what now? I'll tell you what now. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, for me. Pulp Fiction's in my top ten. It's like four and three quarters. Uh, anybody, anybody going that high? I am um, four, four seven five. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll take a four seven five. That's a movie you can watch every, you know, all the way through every day. Maybe not every day, but you know, you get what I'm saying. Fantastic I do. movie. Yeah, this is one. Like I said, hey, I think I me mentioned it on the podcast yeah. before. I went and saw this movie with Scott Freeman when it fucking came out in the movie theaters in '94. Like, yeah, he give he give me the watch. <laughs> we went. I loved this movie then. I fucking bought it on VHS. I bought it on DVD. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a movie like I've always made sure I've owned. It truly one of my all time favorites. I love it. It's yeah. It, it's a. Top five, I would say. Should be. Yeah, this is a top five for me. This is yeah, four and three quarter. Can watch it all the time. Yeah, this is one of my. This is as close to what my favorite movie is possible. Like, it's it's right there. It's right there. He gave it to a gunner name of Wanaki. (laughs) (laughs) I I held this uncomfortable uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass 
two years. All right, let's get <laughs> sorry. It's it's hard to pass up. I'm sorry. All right. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, I think we're about out of time here tonight. We are at yeah, we're there, I think. Um, so um Hey, um, what, <laughs> here we go. Re- real quick, uh, another like I decided to go with her because I wanted to watch one I hadn't seen yet. Mm-hmm. But the other one I was going to go with, Get Out. Gosh, oh, oh my yes. god, yes, what yes. a fucking great! Yeah, we might we have we, 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 we might have to do this again because Mark, I, you've I, not seen that. Mm-mm. Oh, oh my god, yeah, it's we're gonna such have to, an amazing oh, film. Shit. We're going to have to do this again because not only that, I know this is so like token, such a token Boston thing to say, but I'm sorry. Good, The Goodwill Hunting screenplay is fucking brilliant. amazing. I don't give a shit yeah. what anybody says. What are you says. guys going to pick it? So I know. So we got to do this again because there's so many more. I, I, I had a few that I was thinking about as well. So yeah, well, I think it'd be safe to just say to make a bunch of Boston jokes. Yeah. But well, I'd say it's safe to say as a council, we are all big fans of like well-written original stories mm-hmm. yeah like especially like when you look at the four we picked it's all like you know very story driven right great right. fucking shit so right. well let me let me I, uh bring this subject up sorry not to cut you off oh no you, please uh, um sometimes we talk about uh people that were snubbed at the oscars and that may be that you feel like uh, uh, one original screenplay may have been better than the other, but the ones that do win, they are still outstanding, right? Like usually, still- outstanding. yeah, usually, yeah. So that's that's a category. Well, I feel like well, is green, green, green book, green book one. So I haven't Did seen you it. Watch I heard it's extremely underwhelming. Is what I've heard yeah. about it. I, so. I very much but, like that one. But but Parasite. You, okay, I'll, no, I haven't seen it, so I can't. Yeah. I can't. I, I'll but see par- it. But so. Parasite one. One of the best films ever. Parasite, really. That's another one. I loved the Green Book. I didn't know it won uh, best original. I don't yeah. know what it was up against that year, and so I can't picture. say. And best picture. It was a good movie. I didn't know uh, that I'll either. See no, I'll see it. I just haven't. I haven't seen it yet, but I will. So. It may have had a shitty competition. It wasn't a bad movie. It was a great movie. No, 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 no. I, I don't know if I'd you know throw it in the category of. Uh, and I love Mason Viggo Mortensen. I love Mahershala Ali. I think he's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. Speaking of the year Green Book came out, I know this was an original screenplay. However, just the other night for the first time, I watched Black Klansman. Oh, yeah. Wow, oh, what a fucking movie. great movie. So good. Holy shit. Oh, that, that movie's so awesome. So good. So oh, good. That, Spike Lee joint. Movie, that yeah. movie kicks ass. So good. And actually, that, 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 that is based on a true story and not yes. in the far sense. And it, it, it won a, it's real. Uh, adapted screenplay Oscar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. So, great oh, it's so, yeah. good. so if you're listening so good. and you haven't seen Black Klansman, check so it out. Good. It Go see great. it now. Great. Yeah. yeah. All right, boys. So uh, I think we got. I think we got to wrap for the night. We're we're at there. I think we're at that like that, that mark. <laughs> so, yes, uh, uh, so uh, great stuff, AJ. Great topic this week. Really good right? job, guys. Right? Uh, lo- love that you did your research. I love that we all uh, seen all the movies too. Maybe yeah. The first week they were like, "Hey, all four of us have seen every single one of these movies." So that's great. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so great, great discussion tonight, guys. I love how we broke all this down. Next week, we are getting back to badness, madness. We are into oh, yeah. the round of thirty-two. We have sixteen matchups to go through. It's gonna be, it's gonna be rough. 
Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a feeling a few are going to get ah, to overtime. There's going to be some arguments. Yeah. Oh, I think I think. It might you know what? I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight as hard as I can for Pat Healy. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I, get... I, I think we might have to have the Booker man on just to shoot down Ooh! AJ's. Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's an idea. That's an idea. <laughs> I love always, that idea. Always, always. So uh, we'll be back to you a week from now. Uh, we'll be back with Badness Madness. I know you guys are loving it. We're loving it too. We'll get back into it. And uh, if uh, you guys don't have anything else to say tonight, uh, we're going to call it. Anybody got anything else to say? Any any closing? Yeah, one last time. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, hit us up. Uh, send us an email if you got some uh, feedback. It's uh, moviecouncilpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on uh, social medias, Twitter, Instagram. We're at moviecouncilpod. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please uh, rate and review the show. Just write a quick review. Put five stars. Good show. Boom. Fucking takes you two seconds. But review us. It helps out the show. We'll uh, super appreciate it. And like I said, you give us some feedback, we'll read it because we fucking love hearing from you guys. And love it. uh, it's our favorite. It, yeah, it, it, yeah, preach, brah. Yeah. Preach. Fucking weird people say, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sorry, Marky, shit. I love you, yeah. brother. <laughs> All right, so yeah, but guys, yeah other than that, that's hit it. us up, hit us up. We, we, we love it, we love hearing from you all. So, uh, guys, we'll be back for Badness Madness next week. Uh, that we are calling it tonight. The movie council. Love you guys. Good night. All right. Night, night. Sir. Good night. Love you, mom. I love me some clits. The movie council is adjourned. Mm-hmm.